Hey, good morning. Welcome home. So glad you're here this morning. Uh, we have been in a series called Jesus is Enough, and we're going through, we're walking through uh, the book of Colossians, and a lot of great stuff in there. We're going to hit the pause button today and, and do something a little bit different um, just for a week, because the next three weeks, um, God has just these intercontinental ballistic missiles of blessing uh, in Colossians. No, no, it's going to be epic, you know. You'll feel the ground. It's, he's just amazing. So um, next three weeks, just give me three. Give him three. It's Okay. We're going to do this morning um, something that, um, that God has been pressing on the hearts of the leadership on, on my heart is uh, share with you the direction that Jesus is taking uh, this church for uh, this year. Now, it is not a, a radical or even a, a partial departure from uh, where we've, the direction we've been going, but just a fresh way. Um, we are titling this message, The Blessing Train. Right, so if you want to get on the train, you you'll know where that's headed, what's that, what that's about. If you are a regular attender here, it'll give you an idea of of what's in store and where we're headed. If you're a visitor, uh, if you're just checking out the faith, you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ. It's still cool, like like you get to check this out, and there's still going to be a lot of things that that you can relate to that you might want to press into with us. So um, let's do that. Um, let's lay a groundwork to say that God, in his word, uh, with his spirit, and, and we um, want us to experience more love, more joy, more peace, more freedom, uh, more life um, than we ever have. More forgiveness, okay? More grace, just ever increasing, right? And and in order to do that, you and I have to be um, pressing in deeper into relationship with the God who created you and me to crave those things, love and acceptance and grace and peace and life and freedom and joy, okay? That's Jesus. That's Jesus Christ. Now, we don't follow him for the blessings. We follow him because he's God and, and because his love um, compels us. And, and that's what we get. So um, that is great, and, and we're, we're grateful for it. So um, what we want to do is press in so far that, that he calls us into the greatest outpouring of these things um, that our community, that our university has ever seen, that we've ever known. And so we want to go back to... Um, what he has for years pressed on our heart as the purpose for Bethany. So if you'd like to, please sit up straight, clear your throats, and say this with me like you just might mean it. We're here to be a growing, relevant family of missionaries whose desire is to see Gunnison and Western know Jesus Christ. Amen. May that be the case that we would be um, so poured out into him and to each other that we would connect with him and with each other and export that to the people who, who just get creeped out by church. You know, and there are tons of them. But they still deserve and they still need and they still crave the love and the peace and the joy of Jesus Christ. So um, that's what we want to do. And I want to put it in a little bit of context before we start getting into the nuts and bolts. 
You, anybody watching the Olympics? Yeah? Olympics? A little bit? You think of me when you see figure skating, don't you? You do. Okay, maybe not figures, but you know, I might be really good at the luge and not just know it because gravity and me were like that. Um, so you watch the Olympics and regardless of what sport is your favorite, like isn't it astounding the level of proficiency, the excellence that these, these athletes have attained? I mean, it is phenomenal. And you just know that they have devoted themselves to this that they've been called to it, they, they dedicate, none of them stumbled into their A game, right? They didn't wander into the, 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 their A game, right? They followed a, a plan. And, and so the same is true with, with holiness, with God, with, with walking with Jesus. Um, we don't wander into our A game of, of loving. We, we don't wander, into, we follow a plan, but you wouldn't know that if you look at me sometimes or you look at the church in general. I mean, what we tend to do, what you and I tend to do is we're going to do what we've always done pretty much the way we've always done it and hope that the results are different. And there's a word for that. Stupid, right? Now I'm calling myself that because I've done this. Don't, don't waste your time. Let me make the mistake for you. Right? You do the same thing over and over and over. This doesn't seem to work. Rather than follow a plan. And God has so much more for us. In fact, God's word calls us in Matthew chapter 28 um, to to begin to follow that plan. So um, let's do that. Matthew chapter 28. We're going to hear from Jesus. Pick it up in verse 19. Jesus says this to, to his disciples and to us. He goes, go. Therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Now, uh, for those of you um, who are wondering, this means no divisions, right? No prejudice. Like all races, everybody. Okay? Breaking it down. Go into all nations. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We have the honor of doing that in this church a lot. Baptizing people. Teaching them, praise God, to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. I want you to notice that Jesus' promise to be with them is not disconnected from his call for them to go because he's, he is the train that's going out. He said, get on the train, I'm with you. Now, if you hang back and you don't go on, he's with you anyway, okay? I don't want you to say, well, you know, when I'm unfaithful, Jesus is not with me. When I'm faithful, he's with me. We're just either walking with him or we're not. But this is where his train is going. To make disciples. Okay, I'm going to boil it real, down real simple because I'm a real simple guy. When we think about discipleship, we think about the word disciple, we get these kind of weak, kind of vague ideas. Yeah, yeah, I'm a follower. I know. I'm, I'm, I, I believe this. No. I want you to leave that just for a second. I want you to take a look. Disciple makes disciples. Well, you would get that out of that text, right? If we want to be a disciple, we're not, um, we're not alone, right? We're, we're, we're making other disciples. We're, we're saying, I'm getting swept up into the life and reality uh, of the power of the gospel of Jesus, and I'm pouring that out into other people. I am, as a disciple, abiding in this kingdom of 
Jesus' ultimate blessing of knowing him. And I want to go to all the people I know and love and invite them into the kingdom of the full blessing of knowing and following Jesus. Not because I want to be right, but because I've found a treasure that, that they're invited into. And, and so that's, that's what we're talking about. Okay, so um, what we're going to do is take a look at um, what God is, is calling us to do. Um, we don't want to simply build families or friendships or um, careers or houses. We want to accept his invitation to build a kingdom, an everlasting kingdom, to shoot for something that is so much more ultimately satisfying. I mean, don't you want your life to count for something? I do. Do you want to do something that lives on after you? I do. You want something when you put your head down on the pillow, say, that was worth that. That was worth it. This is it. This is it. Okay, so I hope he seduces your heart through this. Okay, we're calling it um, Grow Deep and Reach Wide. And some of you who went to Sunday school, you know a song that goes like that, deep and wide, deep and Okay, so it'll be easy to remember. And you know we're ultimately creative here. Okay, so um, in Grow Deep, Reach Wide, there are four steps of blessing that we're going to ask all of us to take. Not, not over four weeks. This is not um, check, 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 check. We're going to just do it. Just do the next thing and let God lead us into that. And then, and then just, just let that bring fruit in our lives. And he's going to press in and you're going to say, you know, I'm thinking he wants me to take the next step. Here's, here's why. Because I would say to a person, we're pretty stressed out, busy, exhausted. And the last thing you and I need is to be more stressed out, busy, and exhausted. What we need is life that helps us be unstressed, be refreshed, and have purpose as we fill our lives with all these things. So I don't want to give you a checklist. I want you to think about this as, as, as a recipe in a crock pot. You're just going to keep taking the next step, okay? Here's, here we go. We're going to call it the core four. Here are the core four. To attend, serve, join, and tell. I know, I know, you're having trouble just hearing those words, keeping the enthusiasm down, but I beg you, please, please, try not to, um, try not to lose it. Attend, serve, join, and tell. So we're going to look at each one of these, one by one, attend. What does that mean? Attend Sunday worship service? Yeah, yeah, some of you are already doing that. What we want to do is you and I, so that we stay in growth mode, so that we're always encouraged, always equipped, always refreshed, because here's what happens. You have a week full of people like in situations that are kind of dragging you in one direction and, and, and you need, I need for us to be together because get, let, let, let's get this straight. Something happens. Something happens when you and I, as, as believers, as a kingdom, as a family of faith, we gather together with one heart and we're lifting the name of the Lord and we're crying out to him and we're confessing and we're lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. When that happens... Something very, very special happens. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't hear you, that he isn't there when you're alone in your room and you're crying. He is. But he is reserved uh, as special. Like, like when, Kathy, when Kathy was reading 
and the people were gathered and the glory of the Lord. That happens. That happens. That's not just a myth. And God tends to do that when we're together in heart and mind and when we're crying. You know what, some of you know of which I speak. And we want that, not just for the special things, but because this, this happens. We want you to get the most out of being here, the most out of being here. So let's look at how the early church did it. Acts chapter 2, here we go. Acts chapter 2, we're going to pick it up in verse 42. They, they the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayers. So in this, we have the church craving, longing to be together. Uh, in big groups, and then going out to their houses to be with each other and do the same thing. You know, they're, they're, they're doing life together in small groups, so, so we're seeing that. And then in verse 46, day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. We have the large gathering, we have the breaking, uh, and, and, and they've they're got like home churches too. They can't get enough of this. That is, that is beautiful. So what we want to do for you is keep the excellence high, Right? Keep the excellence high, whether it's the prayer or the worship or the graphics or the art or the, or the word or the sharing. We want, to, we want to do all we can to lead you, lead all of us into a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. There are things you can count on here. We are always going to be in the word. We are always going to harp on the gospel. The fact that Jesus came on a rescue mission because he's so incredibly in love with you and you and I needed to be rescued and and he lived this glorious perfect life that we did not live and he died a horrific death for the life that you and I did live so he could do two things one is to forgive and remove the penalty of our sin and the second is to credit to your account all the goodness that he did to give you his righteousness. And now he lives in us and with us and asks us to walk in ever-increasing peace and joy and grace and infect other people. Go, be light. Go, be blessing. Go, be salt. Go. My grace is for them too, and they don't know it yet. So go love them well in my name. And, and I'm going to go with you. In fact, I'm going to do it through you. You're, you're going to be possessed in the greatest sense of the word. So, so, so be here. So that's what we want. That's what we want. Psalm 122, uh, verse 1, okay? David, David says this. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad. David, David was glad when somebody woke him up. Hey, buddy, it's time to go to church. Oh, thanks a lot. I don't get to sleep late. Thanks a lot. I was looking forward to skiing. Thanks a lot. You know, there's pow-pow on Mount Sinai. Oh, thanks a lot. I was hoping to clean the house today. Really? No, he was glad. He was glad. Look, um, those of you who know, who know me well know that when I get hungry, I get cranky. They made a Snickers commercial campaign. It was a lot. I think it was based. They don't know me, but it's the same. If you have a man in your life, a husband, a brother, a father, a boyfriend, um, you may know this to be true. Hungry, cranky. Now, people say, like I'm on a diet, they say, skip a meal. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Imagine, though, imagine you only eat once a week. Skip that meal. Is your soul cranky? 
Now, I'm not saying you should just eat once a week. We're to grow to be self-feeders. This is to be our pig-out session, right? On Sunday. But all I'm saying is you missed that. I feel it. I think, I think we all do. So we want to keep you encouraged. We want to keep you encouraged. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Deep gladness. He's not downcast. He's not depressed. He's deeply glad because we want you to be deeply glad. You say, yeah, but I leave a lot of these services feeling bad about myself. Don't ever. That's part of it. I mean, if the conviction of God comes upon you like it comes upon me, yeah, we, we, get, we feel guilt, which is not a bad thing to feel when you're guilty. But he never leaves it there. He says, I've only done that to identify the thing in you that most needs healing. We're addicted to treating the symptoms. He's driving us to the source so that we can bring our hearts, our deepest hearts to him. You getting it? And we're going to do that again and again and again here so that our lives can really reflect. Come to church. You never know. You never know. Not to rack up points with God. But look, you know and I know people. Who, who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. And I have no reason to doubt them. But they are done with church. They, uh-uh. they are not going to come and they don't. And I'm not judging them, but I want, a lot of them have been hurt by church or hurt by somebody in the church or they've been exposed to hypocrisy. And um, I get that. And I'm not trying to diminish that. Or some of them, um, some people who are kind of, and I don't do church. That's their only day off. Or that's their only day to sleep in. Or it's the only day they get to do whatever it is they want to do and it's not be here. And, and I get that. I get that. But here's the thing. And see if this plays out in your life. For everybody who claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ who has written off church, and I've talked to literally more than 100 of them in this town alone. While I don't doubt their faith, I have yet to meet one who can look me in the eyes and say honestly, my faith is flourishing. My faith is growing. My faith is vibrant and moving. My relationship. No, they're holding on. I've yet to meet one. And that is not the best life. That is not the blessed life. Because that is not the the life that is pressing on. I say, you gotta be with the hypocrites. You gotta come. We're gonna talk a little bit more about that. Listen, sometimes what Kathy read about the spirit falling and filling, sometimes God does something like that here among us. I would hate for you not to be part of that. Every week, not because of my preaching, but because of God's word, somebody will come up to me and say, that is exactly what my heart needed to hear. That's scripture. We, we needed to talk about How many times have you and I, God has prepared a meal that we don't eat because we're somewhere else? Look, the people who were like running around Jericho, (laughs) they didn't get to uh, experience the wall falling down until that last day. But can you see some of them like saying, this is getting old. I'm gonna stay in bed today. And God showed up and did the incredible. I want that. I want that for you. I want that for you. Okay, so, so that's, there's, there's my little guilt trip. Um, come to church because God wants you to have a, a, a big family, a big loving family. And I know that some of you, the only time you get hugged and really loved on is when you're in here. Don't fast from that. We want to change that too. Number two, join. I don't care if you join this church. I really don't. 
I mean, that's not my, my, my point. It's not to join the church. And that's not point number two either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just seeing if you're listening. Um, <laughs> serve the body. Number two is serve, serve the body. Okay, let's take a look at what that looks like. First Peter uh, 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 10. Peter says this, as each one, each of us has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Each one of us has gifts. Each one of us has talents. The best way that we can use that is serving other people through the, through the church. Andy Stanley said the most meaningful, purposeful thing you'll ever do is serve God through the local church. It is the fulfillment of whatever you do, whatever gift you have, he's poured into you, for you to be able to do that for his glory, serving others, right? So we can join together in making Bethany a place of blessing, a place of blessing. Do you know um, that this is, by God's grace, one of the biggest churches in town? I want you now. God's glory. I, I don't, you know, that ain't, that ain't me. That ain't any of us. We do not have one full-time person that we pay to keep this thing going. There's not one. Okay? That is not a burden. That is a blessing. That means that all of us get to do what God has gifted us to do to be part of this. Right? To help this Move forward and move up and be glorifying and move out to bless people. It gives us all a chance. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 has words for husbands, but I also want you to see something. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So get this about Jesus, right? He's in love with the big C church, all times, all places. He's in love with the local church and he gives all that he has, all that he is, all that he breathes, all that he bleeds, everything so that the church can prosper, so that his church can grow and be extended. It's really hard to think about saying, I follow Jesus, but that, uh, I don't do. He was all about that, and I'm all about him, but I don't do that. He's calling us to not be content just being consumers. And being a consumer is a lot of fun. I know, I consume a lot. Um, But our view of church was never meant to be um, like the city market of spiritual things, where we, we have a list of what we really need and what we really want. We're going to go check that off. We get the milk and I'm going to get the chips and I'm going to get more chips and probably ice cream. And then I'm going to get that and I'm going to go. But my connection to City Market is just as a consumer. Somebody else comes up with a better product at a lower price, I'm, I'm gone. He's saying there's something, there's something bigger. I want to invite you to be discontent with just being consumers. That we could be providers as well. That we're going to be cooking and preparing the food. And we're going to be... And, and so, our relationship with that store is, we're all in. We not only care that we can get what we need, but we care that everybody else can because we're invested. It's part of us in there. And that's, that's the difference between being a consumer and a contributor. Right? So, um, <clears throat> Francis Chan asked, what ways, what would the church look like if everyone was as committed as you are? 
Would it be stronger? Would it be weaker? Um, Would it be healthy? And there's so many, so many ways. Maybe the next step for you is I got to serve somewhere. I got to serve somewhere. I got to stop being a consumer. I want to be a contributor. I want to be part of this. And, and you could do that in so many ways. Um, some of them are very visible, like worship team and musicians and singers. Uh, we could use artists too. There was a day when, and it's not many years ago, when the walls were covered with, oh, Susan, if you're back, you remember, you guys remember, paintings and artworks just heralding the gospel. And, and those people have moved on because they were college students, but let's wake that up. We got, we got artists in our midst. You could be part of an art, art effort. Um, teams, opportunities, tech, the people back there, that's resurging. That's great. Prayer group to counsel with people and pray for them after the service and before. Hey, this, this building, praise God, gets used every week for dance classes and parties and things. So the chairs go away and they all come back. And this week we got a baptistry here. And this week we got... Um, Things like uh, the Lord's Supper is set up, and that just doesn't happen. We have people that come in um, and take turns overnight just doing this together and knocking it out and making sure that's done. We live in a building here that has uh, leaky roofs, and sometimes the electrical goes haywire, and the letters on the children's church booth fall off. And we got people that fix stuff because that's what they do. They love to fix stuff. So as time goes by, they do that. We have people that teach children's church and work in the nursery and, 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 and are part of a greeting team to make sure you get hugged on and loved on and fed and coffee. We got a hospitality program, right? Team, you, you get like home baked stuff. We got a lady that works, like wakes up at four o'clock in the morning, sometimes three o'clock. Some of those weeks you see like tables and tables, of home baked stuff. For you, because she loves you. That's one person. That's one person. Can you imagine if we had an army of hospitality people? Can you imagine people who don't like God would be running here for the food? (laughs) And we love on them like they'd never been loved on before. And we would tell them of a God that although they don't recognize him and though they don't love him, still loves them. And invites them into a life they've never known. And maybe, just maybe, their full stomachs would end in full hearts, would would end in full lives. And then they'd go out and say, I was lured with bacon. I was saved by Jesus. I kid you not, we will do everything short of sin to extend the blessing. In your life, in everybody's life. Nobody's too wrecked. Nobody's too wrecked. So, so we're going to come and we're going to serve. Maybe the next step is for you to say, yeah, I'm going to attend. Not sometimes, not most. I'm going to attend. And when, because my family lives elsewhere, because I'm a student athlete and I travel, because of this, when I'm not here, I'm going to stay. I'm going to listen to the podcast. Not so I can listen to Tom. I'm going to tune that out. So I can listen to what God's saying in my heart. We'll all be in lockstep because he's taking us on a journey together. And we're not on different trains. Same train. Okay, let's stay together. And, and maybe the next step, you're going to serve. God, let me do stuff. The highest and best use of that is serving other people in the church. Andy Stanley says that's the most beautiful thing. He's a smart guy. The Bible says that's a great use. They're pretty smart. That might just be God's word. I'm going to try it. So maybe the next step for you, I alluded to this before, is number three, join. And I'm not talking about joining in the church, really. I, I, I don't. 
I'd love to have you like all in with Bethany, all in, you know, and voting rights and all that cool stuff. I want you to be connected with other people. I want you to join a life group. And some of you I can hear going, I know all about this. You want us to play in the sandbox together. Yes, I do. But it wasn't my idea. Hebrews, get this. Hebrews chapter 10. No, no, no. This is at the heart of so much of what we're talking about. Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 24 and 25. This is God speaking to, to us. And let us consider how to stir up. What are those two words? One another. Say it with me. Say that in the way I said it. One another. Good, good. To love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together. That's kind of a one another there too. And they're not talking about Sundays. They're talking about like doing life. Hanging out in your apartment, your dorm room, your house with other people. Right? This is the habit of some. Some of you aren't into this. You need to be. That's what he's saying. Right then and now. But encouraging who? One another. Thank you. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. I am not making fun of God's word. I'm trying to draw a, 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 an emphasis here. Maybe you saw those two words I'm trying to emphasize. One another. Do you know that there are 50 plus commands in the New Testament to one another, one another, right? Love one another, forgive one another. Here's two of them right here. Stir up one another. To love and good works. Why? Because we get sludgy. We get sedimenting, right? We got to be stirred up. We got to be, we got to be stirred up. We got to stir up one another. We got to say, Sarah Kim, I know you to be a world changer. I know that God has put in you gifts and passions and dreams to bless the world. I want to do that. I want to see you do that because God wants to see you do that. I want to get up every morning and say, what is God doing through Sarah Kim? I want to, I want to do that with you. I want to encourage you. I want to, I want to remove obstacles for you. You go. I'm going to. Stir one another up to love and to good works. I'm going to, I'm going to get with you. I'm going to stir you up. I'm going to encourage you. There's another one. Life group is where we do the one another's. And most of us, truth be told, even the most popular of you, if there is a disease that is epidemic in this church and in all churches that I've ever known and in my own life is isolation. Isolate. There's a ton of people I know and I will hug you when you come in and I will speak your name and I will act glad to see you because I am. But I am not. I am not going to let you know what I most fear. I am not going to let you know what I most struggle with. I am not going to let you know about the dream that God has put in my that I every day worry that will never happen but yet yearn that it would. Because it's so glorious for him. Unless you're in my life group. And most of us, most of us go through life without a group of people to come around and kind of do what Sarah and I were, were, were playing at. But, you know, in real life, like come close enough to know me deeply and love me anyway. So I'll have proof with skin on it of somebody who can know the darkest and the best parts of me and say, you know what? 
I love you endlessly anyway. And until we have that, we can say all we want that we know how God loves us. We don't. We don't. Because he meant for us to experience that, not only through his word, not only through his spirit, but through each other. Look at it. Following Jesus. That's a team sport, right? I don't know, I don't care who your best football player is. They're not going to do well going out there alone. They're going to get creamed throwing a ball to themselves. I mean, that only works in your backyard and most of the time not even there. Look at it this way. If you're going on a diet, I know a thing or two about this. You want to find another fat friend, right? Who could, no, I'm nothing against fat people. I am the fat people. Listen, it's okay. It's okay. I got mirrors in my life. I know this. If you want to lose weight, what do you do? You find somebody else, right? Say, hey, you and I are, we, we got to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to call each other. Some of you, some of you, and, and like you might be parents, like you make the whole family diet so that you can diet. You know what I'm saying? Because you know if you're going this alone, it's going down. And it's not going to be pretty. And it's probably going to have icing on it. You know what I'm saying? All right. Then you're going to go work out. Because you say, Tom's ripped. I want to be ripped. But I know I'm not going to be ripped if I don't have a workout partner. How many of you guys play a sport? They tell you to go work out alone. Uh Uh-uh. No. You are not going to go. Ed Howard. You know, Eddie's a trustee. on the benevolence. He, He and I were working out for a while. You know the reason I stopped? Because I know he wasn't going to be there. And I would get away with it. With not showing up. Well, no, I love Ed. But you're not going to do it. You need, we need to feed off and challenge each other, right? Some of you won't go to Pilates without a bunch of girls around you. I would discourage Pilates anyway because I think it's kind of creepy. Okay, but you do it if you want. That's not from God. That's from me. Now, if this is not going to work in dieting, exercising, Pilates, or whatever you got... Why do we take something as important as life and faith and say, no, I got this. I got this. Really? How's that working out for you? Well, life group. I don't like those people. I don't like, like I love them. Like God, I love them. I don't like them. Great. Perfect. You are uniquely qualified to join a life group. Take a look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. We're going to get to it when we go through the book, but I want to give you a preview. Bearing with one another. And you know what that's for? That's for putting up with people who are grating on your last nerve. And you need people you don't like to do that. You don't seem excited. So that we can learn this patience. So that we can learn to love the unlovable. So we can forgive. You see all those each others? That's another example. We need to be, we need to be, in order to do this, to have our spirits welled up like this, we need to be with broken, dysfunctional, and weird people. We do, and life groups, that's where you find them. You know this. So if you are broken, weird, and dysfunctional, perfect, you'll blend. We got lots of groups, pick any of them. And something happens. When broken, dysfunctional, and weird people like you and me get together and do life together and plead with God to show up. 
He makes us into families of faith. And he works in us and through us and around us and among us in ways that we never knew was possible. And he wakes us up to a love that we never knew could exist. I mean, you take a look. Some of you guys are blessing train. This is, you know, why don't you ask me to put on a dress? You're going to war, okay? Put it in those terms. You know the guys in war? They're in a platoon. They don't know each other. They're randomly selected. They become what? A band of brothers who know they have each other's back. They, are, they fall in love in a manly kind of way. You know? Because they're going for the same thing. They become important to one another. If war can do that, God can do that. God meant for us to have a big, loving family. A big, this big family. But here's the thing. He envisioned all of Gunnison. All of Western. And if we don't come together, how are they going to come together? How are we going to bring that healing? How are we going to bring that grace? How are we going to bring that presence, that light, that freedom? We've got to be together. Life groups is a way to do it. And it's great if you think people are creepy and weird. And so are you. And that's, uh, we're not saying. We're going to do, I want one in every neighborhood. I want one in every residence hall. It's going to be great. We're going to do something different. We're going to be missional. We're going to take that. We're going to be missional. And the reason we want to do that is we want to take the train of blessing to people who are never going to come to the station here and get on it. Because like church creeps them out. Why? Because we're weird, we're dysfunctional, and we're, you know, right? Broken. And they think we think we're better. It doesn't matter if we tell them we know we're not. We got to export it. We got to take the church beyond these walls. So that's what we're going to do. Many of us are familiar with uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, um, right? Because it has that really great verse in it, verse 11, where it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord for welfare, not for evil, give you future and hope. What we don't do is back up and see what precedes this, what gets us here, right? Verse 7, check this out. But seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile. Seek the best for the people of Gunnison. Seek the best, work for the best for the people who go to Western. And pray to me, pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, when they are blessed, when you export my blessing into their lives, who would not come in here, when they are blessed, you will find what? Your welfare. We seek our blessing apart from that. And we don't find it. We ask him why. He says, because you're not blessing the place where I put you. Okay, change Gunnison. Let me overflow from you to, to, to wake up Gunnison, to share my love with Gunnison. Let me, let me change the, the university from a place where, where, where people are biting and backstabbing and, and not supportive. You know that, that magic that happened at the... Um, at the wrestling match, were you, anybody, Thursday night? Anybody there? Ask somebody. That's the seed. That's the seed of what we're talking about. If people can feel that united and that loved and that over a game, it's a great game. If that's just a picture, that's a shadow of what God wants for the entire university in every area of their life under his rule and reign. And he's asking you to export it. He's giving you the fountain. He's pouring through you. Do it. Okay. 
So that's what we're going to do. We seek the welfare of the city. And in life groups, I'm asking every life group in at least once a month, maybe you're going to do this more, but I want you to pray and think and share and dream. What's the best thing you can do? What is God saying? You got to do this to go export my love. Here, this is one of my favorites, right? This is what he's saying to me. I'm weird, I'm broken, I'm dysfunctional, but here's my idea, okay? I think it might be a God thing. Throw a party at the laundromat. Okay, I can tell by your enthusiasm that this is really big. I want, like, you, your life group could figure out, like, what is the busiest time at the laundromat? Here, here, because rich people don't go to laundromats. Pizza, a lot of people who go to laundromats have financial problems because they can't afford a washer dryer or they can't live in a place that can have a washer dryer. I'm not looking down on these people. I'm just saying a lot of times they need blessing, right? So find out when the laundromat is most crowded. And you're going to plan an insurgence. We're going to plan a party. We're bringing in food. We're bringing in music. We're bringing in soap and washing products. And we're bringing in a bucket load of quarters. Everybody's doing wash for free, partying, eating, and we're folding their undies. Do you get it? Are you picturing me? Okay, I'm thinking like the, the mid-50s, early 60s life groups are going to be into that part. But... Anyway, that's a way. We're going to talk to these people. We're going to love on these people. We're going to serve these people. We're going to find out where, where the needs are in their life, how we can, how, how we can bless them. And, and, and maybe that's not it. Maybe you're, you're going to do a back-to-school children's clothing drive for those families that can't put their kids in, in nice new clothes every fall and they feel bad. Maybe you're going to throw a block party. You've got, you got like six couples or you've got 12 individuals. You've got all these neighborhoods. You're going, to throw, you're going to throw parties in those neighborhoods until you know lots of people you otherwise would not know. You love lots of people you otherwise would not love. You have an idea of needs you otherwise would not know. We have a lot of people who are very handy in this church, like they're contractors or they're, they're in the construction, where they're just really good with their hands. I'm looking at electricians and, and, and contractors and stuff. We got lots of, if they're in your life group, this is what we do. We get them together. And we find people with great facility needs in their life. Their house leak is, we, we, we find this out, right? And here's what we do. We take the nerdy among us and they bring the food, right? The nerdy one, the, the, me, the spaz. I sit down at the table and, and we feed them. And then we descend with these handy people with their tools and their resources. They're carrying sheetrock in and wires and all kinds of stuff. And we descend on that house and anything that is broken is fixed. During that time, whether it be electrical or plumbing or holes in the walls or, and, and that, that, that person with no abilities like me sit at the table and say, do you know why we do this? Because we're loved by a God who has stormed our life and has repaired all the broken stuff that we could never fix. And we just wanted you to know that that God loves you. And, and any way that we can show that to you. That's what we want. So let your mind race. But we're going to do that. We're, we're going to join together. And we're, we're going to serve. And I guarantee you that every person, that this person knows, there's these crazy people. And, and they might be bigots and they might be homophobes or whatever we're going to call them. But they're so loving. They're so serving. There must be something to that. Maybe they're not the way I've always thought. Maybe their God isn't the way I've always thought. I'm going to check that out. 
Because my roof has never been better. Last, um, tell your Jesus story. Tell your Jesus story. Um, you do not need to be a Bible scholar to tell what Jesus is doing in your life. Um, check out Psalm 66, I believe, or 16. Yeah. Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. It's, it's easy. Children, yeah? It's as easy as this. Hey, you're my friend. I, I want to know what is, what is the most beautiful, wonderful thing in your life. And then when, when he shares that with me, I listen to him. And I say, Chilton, would you, would you mind me telling you what the most beautiful, powerful thing is in my life? Here it is. That for a long time, I was addicted to the way that everybody thought of me. And little by little, piece by piece, I'm finding out that Jesus loves me and that he has approved of me and he set me free from all of that pressure and me changing myself for every different group that I'm in. And I feel free. And (laughs) I never knew that could happen. And that's my blessing. And I want your blessing in that part of your life that you just shared with me. And if you, if you ever wanted to come with me to this place where we're all kind of pressing in, you're always welcome. If you can do that, if you can do that, God did say, you have to be able to close the deal. You have to take somebody who's antagonistic to God and through apologetics and, 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 and the right weaving of Bible verses and this tract and this thing, there's nothing wrong with any of that. But you just don't need it to be able to tell your Jesus story. And if you begin to do it, you're going to see God using it. Because God is creating a hunger in people's lives that you have food to satisfy. It's him. Okay. I want to, Janet, will you wave your hand? We are adding somebody. That's Janet. Janet, her nickname is now The Hub. Janet is, is joining us here on staff. She's, she's giving her time. Um, she is going to be connecting people with opportunities to serve based on what you feel God is pressing on your heart. Um, Sheree is going to put on the website a spiritual gift inventory. If you want to find out where you're gifted to serve, you can do that. It's kind of like uh, supernatural computer dating with service opportunities. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. And Janet... Janet is going to be matching people up with teams and she's going to be working with team leaders so that we can all work together and and really um, move forward with the kingdom of God and help people find life groups and help us get engaged and, and be the hub for all of these things and make it easier for us to do what? To take the next step. To just take the next step. I'm not asking you to cook this in the microwave. I'm not talking about speed. I'm talking about direction. Just keep taking the next step. Because over time, over time, I'm going to be talking to you in December, and you'll be here because you made a commitment to, to be here. What we're going to see is almost unrecognizable. We're going to see people who have taken the next step. And we're going to see people who have heard the Jesus story who are now attending and serving and, and connecting and joining. 
we're going to see a resurgence of love and grace and peace and the reign and rule of Jesus Christ for all. And we're going to need people who have gone through and grown in discipleship because there are going to be a lot of people with a lot of beautiful needs. And we're going to be able to serve them. And God is going to heal them. And then we're going to send everybody out again and again and again until our purpose statement of Gunnison and Western knowing Jesus Christ is not, is not something we project on the wall. It's something we look out the door and see. This keeps me up at night. This excites my heart. I pray that it would be the same for you. It only comes from God, so let's press in and pray. Lord, uh, I thank you. I thank you that you got a plan. You have a plan to connect us to you and connect us to each other and connect us to people who have deep heart needs, not just physical needs. Lord, that you are... You're prompting us. Maybe the next step is for us to make this time each week a priority. Maybe the next step is is for us to connect and serve and become contributors, not just consumers, and to find the joy in that. Maybe it's to join with a life group that is going to be our extended family. We're going to learn to love and put up with and forgive and rejoice and carry. and, And maybe it's to tell our Jesus story to one person. It's that easy. You're trying to lead us into life and joy in yourself. And Lord, give us a heart that desperately wants to see you large and in charge in our lives and in the lives of everybody breathing in this community. too big for me, but not for you. Lord, um, give us strength and courage to take the next step in you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.